Welcome to the Boys in the Iceberg, the podcast where we recap Avatar The Last Airbender episode by episode for fans new and old. I'm your host, John Listman, immigration attorney by day, stand-up comic by night, airbender at heart, and I'm joined as always by my co-host. I'm Jeff Miller, TV writer, avid mind wanderer, and aspiring waterbender. Oh, we got a great episode for you today, book two, episode eight, The Chase. Yes. In this episode, Team Avatar is chased by a mysterious machine, which makes it impossible for the group to stop and sleep. The lack of sleep makes everyone irritable and causes a fight between Katara and Toph. Aang acts as a decoy to lure the followers away, but he's finally cornered by Azula in an abandoned town. His friends, plus Zuko and Uncle Iroh, arrive to take Azula down together, but she injures Iroh in a moment of distraction and escapes. Oh, Zula, always fighting dirty. Okay. Let's take it from the top. Uh, Team Avatar, now with Toph, begins to unpack for the night. Toph comments on their great campsite finding abilities based on the feeling of the soft grass. However, Sokka reveals that she isn't feeling grass, but Appa's shedded fur. Aang and Sokka comically begin playing with the fur, making hats and mustaches out of it. Katara vocalizes her happiness of having another girl in the group to counter their immaturity, only to see Toph playing along by stuffing hair into her armpits. Aang and Sokka laugh, and when the hair causes Aang to sneeze, even Katara has to giggle. Okay. So there is a light playfulness. This is something we haven't seen for oops, since the travels of last uh, book. Yeah, it's nice. It's 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 nice and refreshing to see this. I mean, it's 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 a little short lived, but it's good to see that they're uh, you know she's fitting in pretty well right here, Most and uh, definitely vibing with uh, Sokka and Aang, and even Katara has to break her motherly shell to giggle at what you know at what's going on when he sneezes yeah. and hits and falls uh if i may a word on appa's fur uh yes surely you can make a rug or some sort of uh soft material stuff it into a sack for a pillow i i feel like that is uh I, i'd rather lie down on the soft grass as Toph called it yeah you got a good point yeah it's, it must be like, you know, just sleeping on Appa if they do. Yes. There's, a, there's an industry out there somewhere <laughs> in, in Avatar world. Yeah, uh, night sure. falls, and the group sets up camp. Aang pitches a tent. Sokka unravels sleeping bags. Katara fills a pot with water. And Toph lounges lazily against a rock. Katara approaches and explains they typically divide up the work. For example, while someone sets up a tent, someone else might gather food or water and that even Momo does his fair share. Toph tells her she's already collected her food and water, claims she can carry her own weight. This uh, gets Katara slightly frustrated. She tries re-explaining, but Toph becomes aggravated and snaps at her, causing Katara to storm off. Awfully, awfully defensive um, on the part of Toph. Yeah. You know, I, I get it. There's a lot of angst there. And you do also have to realize that Top hasn't really had a social dynamic with kids her age, like much of a back and forth or anything. So the idea of working together as a group is very foreign to her. Yes. Um, she's one. had to be very independent. 
Okay. I, I actually feel um, this is her first time that she's fully independent. So uh, the idea that someone's going to come in and uh, limit her or, or, or dictate how she should uh, travel is, is certainly... Uh, it stings. I, I mean, I, I get why uh, it stung so much for Toph. I mean, she still did sneak out and go and do those fights. You know, she had this whole identity as the blind bandit. I think that she's so excited to be away and on her own um, that she's trying to, you know, put behind her all remnants of being waited on and being helped and, and kind of coddled. You know, even just Katara saying, we're all going to help each other. Um, that kind of really puts her off. The other weird thing is that Katara is not even saying, here, let me help you with this. She's saying, can you help us? Yeah, <laughs> so right. she's See, kind of using a weird, like, I got, you know, I could take care of myself. It's no one's saying that you can. We're asking if you can help us all take care of the group. I know. She, so she does, obviously. The, the, you know, you got to get on the same page as a group here. But I'll just defend Toph's behavior a little more. And that <laughs> if she's fully taking care of herself, then, the, then she's, you know what I mean? Like, you see this moment where uh, Katara's like, oh, even Momo chips in. And it's like, you know, they're all in unison, like some mini assembly line. And like, it, it feels like they can handle it. I, I, I think uh, something about seeing Toph not working or, or like Katara has to like put in some rules early. There, there's still that, it comes from that mothering place. I, I guess, I, I really think that it's, it's viewing it as a group of individuals. But there is the group dynamic and the idea that you're going out of your way to cast yourself aside from everyone else. And it's a small thing, it's just yeah. chores, like who cares? Yeah, yeah I mean, so, so it feels like she's been there a little longer because we had Zuko only last episode. Uh, but this right. is, in fact, the first episode that we see her yeah. in the gang. It, it's really, so, uh, yeah. we're getting used to this new dynamic all around. Uh, later that night, Katara comes over to apologize to Toph. Toph again agitates her by turning the apology around on her. Hours later, Toph wakes up from a light sleep by a vibration in the earth. She immediately wakes the others and tries to see if she can identify its source saying it feels like an avalanche, but also not an avalanche. To which Sokka responds with the sarcastic, your powers of perception are frightening. They decide leaving the campsite is the safest choice. Well, listen, I, I mean, there was nothing, I understood the pause from Sokka, but uh, really she is the earthbending master. She, she's made it clear that she can see even without uh, the ability to yeah. you know, have eyesight. Uh, surely this felt a little... Uh, no, no, we, we had to introduce this character of the tank. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just Sokka being Sokka. This is definitely the most extended, you know, this is, it's always kind of understood that we see, you know, fragments of kind of after hours or before hours team avatar time, but usually we're seeing them during these adventures. Mm -hmm. And this is the most like after hours team avatar. Like this whole episode is kind of a, you know, what typically happens when they kind of cut between scenes or finish an episode or what have you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of fun and cool to see that um, and seeing just this banter and the way that Toph kind of jumps right into it and her and Sokka with this back and forth. But of course, if she, you know, if she feels something in the earth, he can say whatever he wants, but everyone's listening to her. I mean, they know that she's yeah not making stuff up. 
Aang knows to give the safe route. Uh, man, something I forgot to mention on Aang right off the top, the uh, scene where the op is shedding. Uh, you know, he's like, no, it's not gross. It's the beauty of spring. And he goes <laughs> off and like, he's like, in his like childlike wonder of, uh, he's like, he has a 12 year old boy moment and it's wonderful and uh, forgot to shout that off at the top. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Uh, that's, good. that's a good one. Yeah. Well, the gang is on the move. They're in the air on Appa. They get a slight glimpse of what's following them. A large tank-like war machine moving fast across the desert terrain. After hours of flying, the group's exhaustion is visible, each having dark circles under their eyes. They settle on a spot and land again. Toph makes her way to where she plans to sleep, but Katara again asks her to help. And Toph declines. Katara decides enough is enough and confronts Toph. Toph argues back before slamming a rock door in Katara's face as she earthbends a tent. Aang tries playing peacemaker and asks them both to calm down. But Katara only snaps at Aang, screaming, I'm completely calm! Okay, I'm not going to pull that off, but uh, yeah. <laughs> very iconic uh, Katara moment. Yeah, Right, you know, again, they, they do a great job with the comedic animation in this episode. This, this episode is also, you know, we were talking about it before. We're, you know, glad that we watched this earlier in the day because this episode does kind of make you sleepy. I mean, you yeah. really feel... The lighting is dark. Yeah, like you, you start seeing these circles under their eyes getting more and more pronounced and a little bit darker um, as the episode progresses. And you just, you, you feel that like angst of when you've wanted to sleep and haven't been able to for whatever reason. Obviously yeah. having people chase you is, is pretty bad. Definitely. Um, so uh, I actually would recommend viewing this uh, episode after a bad night's sleep to get the yes. full Avatar experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know that what's following them is pretty scary. No doubt. Um, it's it's obviously Fire Nation. It looks very very similar to the tanks at the Northern Air Temple, but mm-hmm. also just sleeker. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's it's crazy how with earthbending you could make walls, doors, tents. You know, any kind of enclosure. All the infrastructure for a pretty early society. Like, not even that primitive. We're talking about, like, Greeks, maybe. Uh, maybe. I mean, pretty, or, or one notch before them, yeah. <laughs> and and if these rocks are really, like, what this material is that's being bent, not just dirt, you know, that's a lot stronger than any kind of building materials for any you know, early civilization. This seems to be very similar, but again, it's like a, a sleeker, uh, slightly more advanced version of it. Yeah. Um, but I kind of want to go back to before that even, or not, not before that, but at <laughs> the, the, the Katara Toph, you know, few in this episode is, is, is legendary. Um, and that little back and forth, I mean, for Katara to make fun of her blindness. I know. very... Is very, I mean, I get it. They're all tired and exhausted, and, and you know she's not really being fair or rational. But that's a low blow. It's petty, for, yeah. Like like especially it's some, for guitar. It's some high school mean girls. Yeah, jab. like it's a real, uh, you know, <laughs> picking on but, disability. Yeah. <laughs> conversely, how awesome must it be if somebody pisses you off that much that you could just like kick the ground <laughs> and twenty feet away they get launched a few feet up. Yeah. And then, of course, poor Sokka. He's always just... The butt of the joke. The yeah. butt of the joke. The butt of the I, butt joke. I mean, yeah. yeah. The, uh... Yo, yeah, like, just the fact that she can earthbend someone 20 feet in the air. Uh, 
basically at all points on land, she has the upper hand. Uh, unless Which, they are near a body of water or yeah. not Aranapa, it's really... Uh, Which begs the question for mm -hmm. a little bit down the road. Well, we'll talk about it, but yeah. Okay. About, about the exact point you're making, because I believe the same thing, so mm -hmm. we'll see. Absolutely. So they decide not to set up camp. Uh, Sokka's ponytail, nice little bit oh, of yeah. humor. And, uh, and Toph learns about Zuko. Okay. It, it, it's, yes. It's that Toph is added to the group because, uh, you know, normally there's, this isn't enjoyed in binges. There was a gap between seasons. So it is a nice way for the audience to be reminded of very key uh, story points as Toph learns as, as well. Um, yeah, yeah. You also love the the banter again, Katara and Sokka, the ponytail, and mm -hmm. just the little things that they do. You know, like Sokka doesn't even look up; he just points. This is a warrior's wolf tail, mm -hmm. um, which is just so very Sokka and so very awesome. Um, yeah. Awesome indeed. The tank comes to a halt in front of them, and doors open on the sides. Three, mongoose lizards emerge from it, ridden by Ty Lee, May, and Azula. Toph believes they can uh, take them as she calculates the odds, three on three. However, Sokka corrects her, reminding her <laughs> there are actually four of them. Toph recalculates, oh, three on three plus Sokka, as he has no bending powers. Toph, yeah, sends the first strike as, the earth bend, as she earth bends boulders that the lizards easily climb over. The group decides it's safer to leave, so Aang, Katara, and Sokka head back for Appa while Toph tries to buy them time by creating a large rock wall. But Azula's lightning blasts a hole in the wall, and the team barely escapes as Azula sends a jet of fire at them. Oh, it is on. Uh, yeah. So, uh, okay, we find the tank and its inhabitants, of course. It's... Uh, Azula, Ty Lee, and May, or uh, Azula plus Tula, as I'm yeah, nice. going to bring that back a little as the show goes on. Um, so a couple things. Obviously, they didn't even, for whatever reason, when they were trying to figure out who was on their tail, mm -hmm. they didn't even mention Azula. I guess they had just met her. Um, but I think that finding out there after you is a little bit, or actually a lot bit scarier than finding out Zuko's after you at this point, let's face it. They have a mil like Zuko did not have military technology uh, that was able to keep up at the speed of Appa. There's a, they, they effectively have lost the speed advantage here. Well, yeah, and we find out that they, you know, Azula thinks so far ahead and thinks to all these scenarios, you know, she knows that she's dealing with the Avatar who can manage all four elements. She has no idea necessarily, she knows of, Katara and Sokka, um, but doesn't know about Top, but knows that the Avatar for, you know, could be capable of, of all four elements of bending. Mm -hmm. So she planned ahead and managed to find a way to travel. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I might be giving a little bit away here, but travel without having to worry about that. Like you see Aang trying to use airbending to get higher than them. They're mm -hmm. able to climb up with this, you know, with, with this tank or they try to earthbend. She's able to fire through that. Or, you know, then they get on these, on these mongoose lizards that can easily crawl around these rocks. And it's pretty impressive. However, they didn't realize this, but Toph's inability, I think, to do better, to do a better job against them 
um, is because of the fact that they have these lizards that move so mm. like quickly on four legs that it's it's a lot harder to yeah you know push them up so to speak because you'd mm. think Toph took care of those bad guys and the you know or all those wrestlers mm -hmm. as the blind bandit so why not be able to do the same thing but they're a lot harder I think to get to yeah and let's not forget she's sleep deprived we are not at a full uh, a body with a rest is not uh, at full capacity even in uh, even a bender's body dude these lizards they're you know they're called mongoose lizards uh, they're more like the size of a horse okay mm -hmm. Uh, and they run like, like full speed mm -hmm. right out of the gate. Uh, like Appa, they run at the speed of Appa's flight. Like, yeah, let's, let's, let's not, uh, I can't say enough about it. It's just, uh, amazing creatures. And like, they're, uh, what's the word here? Amphibious. I want to say, or like, they're able to keep up their speed on water is the point I'm yeah. trying to make. Just, just a ferocious, uh, animal to ride into battle. Uh, tough on a three on three plus Sokka. Yes. Oh yeah. 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 Let's, let's get there. I mean, this is something obviously now Sokka has been dealing with at every turn now that he's in this bending world with the avatar and his sister mm -hmm. and Toph's just there to make it worse. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, she also has never really fought alongside him. So she has no idea what he's capable of, Absolutely. Uh, but it's still a nice little burn. Yeah, I, I think the similar, um, you know, the blunt, uh, I'm independent, I'm, I'm, it's my way or the highway. It's what attitude she was giving uh, uh, Katara earlier is reflected here against Sokka. It's like, oh, no, Sokka, I wasn't insulting you. I'm just saying you don't count. Like, right. <laughs> you know? She's blatantly, yeah, you're right. No, like, it's not like, it's not like you, you just, you're not a bender. You don't count. <laughs> like, it's uh, perfect, perfect character development, too, because we, we yeah. are still new with uh, Toph here. Okay. Absolutely. Meanwhile, Appa is so tired he can barely keep his eyes open. Again, they debate on what to do as Katara reveals her fear of Tai Lee taking her bending away again. To Sokka's shock, the sun rises over a mountain in the distance, signaling they've been up all night. They decide to keep flying for a lo as long as possible, but Aang's warns them that they cannot keep flying forever. Azula's machine is racing to catch up with Team Avatar. Not far behind, Zuko follows the machine's tracks. Okay. Where do we let's begin? Start, yeah, let's start with this. The, you know, it's getting tired. It's daylight. Okay, they've... I, I have a question here. Uh, yeah. We, we know that, the you know, Team Avatar was not getting any sleep. They were being chased by Azula, Plastula, and... Uh, okay. Surely Azula, Plastula should also be tired. What, what were, why were they... I don't think they were asleep that time either. Well, I don't know. I always feel like Azula has this ability to not worry about that kind of stuff. Like right. she's so fit. She's so, um, her mind is so strong that she can almost will herself past it. Mm -hmm. um, but you also don't know if maybe a lot of their tracking before they actually caught up to them so closely, uh, you know, was kind of autopilot. Maybe like they were taking turns Mm -hmm. at the wheel maybe they were like sleeping right up to the point where they you know we see them in this episode getting as close as they are mm -hmm. um because they didn't really notice them following until the beginning of this episode right so for all we know they it took them a while to get here so they could have been sleeping ahead of time and it seems like when we pick up with our characters i don't know if this is the same night again that they just escaped the capture uh, mm -hmm. uh you know by those 
by those earthbending wrestlers. They're already tired when we see them. We don't know about the girls. But there was one other, uh, what else was going on? Zoom oh, yeah, the Zoom sun Zoom coming Zoom. up. Oh, yeah. I, I think uh, I think that this doesn't, you know, Sokka, I, I feel like, is a lot of people, and I could be lumped into this group, too, you know. Sometimes if you're trying to fall asleep and you can't, and then you start looking at the clock, and it's like, oh, it's 3 o'clock. Oh, my God, it's 3 o'clock. If I sleep, you know, if I wake up at, you know, if I have to wake up at 8 or whatever, I'll only get five hours of sleep. That's not even six, but I, right. I, I need to go to sleep so I can get that. And then you look, and it's like 4, and it's like, oh, my God, now I can only get – Four hours, you know what I mean? And then when the oh. sun comes up, you're just, oh no, what do I do? I haven't slept. And there's this panic that people feel because their body's so like worried because it hasn't gotten its rest. Yeah. And this show does a really good job of reflecting. Yeah, it. I mean, you, you mentioned how it's like a sleepy, yep. Sleepy not um, isn't the right term, but certain sort of a, you you very easily connect with the gang here, just, just the lighting and the bags and then and, and the emotional toll that sleep loss is, uh, takes on them, you, you feel it. Uh, I'd like to mention I did not get a good night's sleep either. <laughs> Tonight, mm, uh, last oh, night, unfortunately. Sorry, so when I was watching this, oh my God, did I connect? Um, yeah. I, I was like Appa, barely keeping my eyes open. Unlike Zuko, who seems to have found the tracks of this war machine, uh, I wonder if his uh, Fire Nation training was any help with that or it's just a bit of a coincidence? Um, I think it was both i think also iros helped him i'm sure he helped him mm -hmm. learn how to track in some senses because uh, he he was going in it seemed the right direction at least on the ostrich horse you know through zuko alone and everything um yeah i was watching this and i kept thinking about you because i know how much you love adaptation mm. and i kept thinking it's literally mm. ostrich horse machine versus ostrich horse mm. it's machine versus horse versus yeah. ostrich horse love 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 it's um it's just like <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. Won't get into that, but many <laughs> great, uh, many a great talk can be had on that movie. Yes. But we have too much to talk about here. Appa True. finally gives in and falls asleep, sending Appa and Team Avatar plummeting toward the ground. Aang tries desperately to wake him as they fall, finally waking Appa in time to stop just above the trees, and they crash land in the woods. Another fight breaks out between Katara and Toph. But when Toph blames Appa's shedding for their predicament, Aang joins in. Toph, aggravated by Aang's objections, gives up and decides to leave. In the distance, Azula's machine picks up speed. Having seen Appa's fur floating through the air, that's why it picked up speed. Desperate over Toph's disappearance, Aang laments dejectedly that he cannot believe he yelled at his earthbending teacher, a feeling Katara sympathizes with as she sadly notes that she had been mean to Toph. Sokka is of little comfort, simply affirming that, yeah, they were jerks. <laughs> <laughs> they decide to find Toph and apologize, but they first wash Appa. Now clean and free of shedded fur, Appa is deemed ready to fly by Aang as long as they leave his saddle and everything else off. Aang decides to try giving Azula the slip and take what is left of the shedded fur and lead the tank off course. Appa flies off in one direction, hitting trees on takeoff and Aang goes in another. Toph, having gained some distance, stops suddenly. She hits the ground, knocking the unknown person off of their feet. That person is revealed to be Iroh. Okay. Oh, well, a long yeah. journey from Sleepy Appa to finding Iroh. Let's, uh... Yeah. Let's just take it uh, from the top. I mean, they're, they're desperately trying to stay awake, and they land. Okay. 
this fight that breaks out between Katara and Toph. Uh, okay, like, I guess they're edgy, they're cranky, they haven't slept. Uh, but, like, the fact that even after it's revealed to be Azula, May, and Ty Lee, that they have this fight of three-on-three Posaka, Katara still, first thing that comes out of her mouth when she lands, has to give Toph uh, just bitch at her. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I forgot what the exact line is. I'm trying to see, too. Oh, yeah, she gets petty and she says, you know, maybe if someone, uh, like, did what they were supposed to do, we would, you know, we would have gotten a bigger head start or something like that. Yeah. And then Tom, um, That's just petty, like, yeah, that was... Nonsense, Katara. You're, you're, you're better than this. Uh, and Tuff, of course, sees what the hell the predicament is. He's like, no, man, this guy's shedding. And did no one else realize this? Am I the blind person, the only one who could piece mm-hmm. this puzzle together? Uh, <laughs> she doesn't think about anything subjectively. Mm-hmm. It's all object, you know, it's all very much black and white with the exception of something pertaining to her. Oh. And knowing that about Appa is so obvious, but you could see, again, everybody's tired and cranky and they're going to take everything defensively. They're not going to think rationally because they're just white. I kind of want to go back to the beginning because this is, I think, everyone's fear when they first think about, or not when they first, but when they're thinking about the idea of like flying on an Appa, Mm-hmm. It's like what makes you think that you won't doze off and all of a sudden like something bad happens. But when Appa falls asleep, you know, I you can't really blame him. They he was they were pushing him too oh, hard. Yeah. Way too um hard. but it is very scary. Thank God he was okay. And then what made him ready to like take back off? Um did he nap during the bath? Is he yeah. just like washed up and good enough to go for a little bit? Like what's refreshed? I know it's it's uh, hard to say exactly. Um, okay, so let's talk about this shedding business because uh, seems like a good scrub. It's all it takes to uh, end it. Uh, okay, Aang hasn't had to care for a flying bison in a hundred years, uh, but uh, I don't know. It just feels like this 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 could have all been avoided with a bath early on. That's a very good, you know, you don't know if maybe, maybe Appa was like naturally getting washed when they were in the North, you know, mm-hmm. at the North Pole and things like that. Or like, you know, when he'd get into water. See, but he um, sheds because it's spring. Uh, yeah. So, so it well, is. That's, oh, that's what it is. So yeah. you're right. Um, when he was living at the Northern Air Temple, or the Southern, Southern Air, yeah, the Southern Air Temple. Um, yes, Appa was his bison, but. I always kind of figured that they had some sort of a, I don't know if it would be like a bison stable yeah. <laughs> or what, but you know, like maybe it wasn't necessarily each person's job to that's wash true. their own bison. Yeah, that's true. Um, I also feel like a very strong air bed could just do the job. <laughs> yeah. It just, just brings us back to Aang with this, uh, the opener of this episode, like, oh, the magic of spring, the beauty. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I, as a reminder, I believe if my calculation was correct, it's three months per season, and it's until summer's end that the gang has to uh, stop the comet. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess this would be the midpoint of the uh, Atla saga. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. I need oh, to go back and double check my math there. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it might be. But I mean, okay, this. This is going to be a long side cut, but like if Sozin's Comet was when the uh, thing is like you have exactly nine months to the, or I'm sorry, when uh, when Roku's vision reveals Sozin's Comet. Okay, right. I, I don't want to go off on too far a tangent. Uh, 
Mm -hmm. but by that this could be the midpoint in terms of like this whole seasonal uh arc of the show interesting yeah yeah it might be you're right Mm -hmm. what do you think about book three and how everything plays out just given the actual episode numbers and everything interesting okay i also saw something else in the description that's a very good point and we may have hit the actual literal midpoint of the series Mm -hmm. um i think we do establish that there was some sense of a time cut between when toff leaves more than just like a few moments and we pick up with ang and them you know freaking out about i can't believe i said that to my you know my earthbending teacher and then washing appa because by the time, you know, a- after they wash Appa and yeah. they fly off and go in separate directions, we pick back up with Toph. She's made some ground. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if she was just going really fast or so, uh, maybe uh, some time passed, you know, okay. maybe it was a long bath or maybe he did get a chance to, to take a little snooze and then they washed him. Who knows? Yeah. I, uh, a few thoughts on that and the, uh, the Toph time uh passing okay wow i i have words um okay so first off just ang joins in with katara like like in the heat of the battle between he quickly instinctively uh sides with katara and kind of tells off Toph, and that's when Toph leaves uh now sokka tries to stop her and Toph just like slides the earth beneath him it's like wait and then literally so if she has the ability to slide earth willy-nilly Maybe she's sliding herself on the earth, and that is what's helping her achieve such distance. That is my uh, theory on how she got so far to far away. Uh, Interesting. Yes. yes. And uh, I'm glad she did get far away, or at least ran into the wise old Iroh, because, man, this tea scene that's coming up is just like uh, the, the, the mental health break that this episode yeah. needed on a cranky, sleep deprived. <laughs> uh, chase from the enemy yeah absolutely also given the uh you know i miss uncle iroh it's been a while we haven't seen him in a few episodes absolutely um yeah yeah another thing (laughs) just like when you see uh ang take off or uh appa and just hit trees it's like, you know, that guy that's maybe had one too many drinks and, like, could get mm. home, but, like, he's knocking over the trash can. And it's just like, all yeah. right, buddy, let's uh, get a cab. Or, you know what I mean? Let's, uh, let's hide in the trees. I mean, yeah, there are always options. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, when you're, when you're clearing Appa for flight, what, what sort of, like, <laughs> inspection or certification have yeah. you gotten to clear him? I mean, do we – are we sure on this? Or are you just kind of, like – letting some paperwork go and, and, and allowing him to to go yes. on and, and take flight here mm. um yeah 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 i understand i mean that him hitting the trees is uh oh it's unfortunate but maybe it just kind of happened okay now uh la- last thing and we'll and i'll ready to move on uh how did iro get there what was he doing in between the time we last saw him and now and uh I mean, because listen, uh, the, the simplest answer and probably the most likely one is that he was in some way or form following uh, Zuko, uh, his beloved stand-in son. I mean, in all, for all intents and purposes, he raised him as a father. Uh, but it's sort of like uh, if he wanted to follow Zuko, he would have gone with him, but maybe he needed some space. And at what point, it, I, I just wonder a little, 
uh, how Iroh got there. I think he's been following him from a distance pretty much from the moment he took off because he knew that Zuko was um, in a bad way and was worried um, and just wanted to make sure that, you know, if God forbid, like he was there, um, at least far, you know, but, but without him being seen. Then it begs the question, well, what about Zuko alone? Why wouldn't he have showed up and helped him well, um, against those soldiers? But maybe he didn't want to blow up his spot. And until Zuko if, had to reveal yeah. his identity. I, I wonder if he um, witnessed the events of Zuko alone. Or right. Maybe he was just close enough, but also far enough on the right. trail that uh, he didn't, yeah. I think of it kind of like, uh, almost like, you know, 310 to Yuma tracking mm-hmm. kind of thing where, or a million other movies, speaking of Westerns, yeah. oh. <laughs> where, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get there in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, they're tracking each other and maybe, you know, they don't really know about each other or if they, they're just so far apart until they get close enough. Kind of like, you know, what was Azula and May and Ty Lee doing until they were right within range of, you know, Aang and Team Avatar? What was Zuko doing? Well, we know what Zuko was doing right until he was in range of Azula. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wonder if, I mean, we know a little bit about uh, Iroh, we know that he's very spiritually connected to things. Mm. Um, I wonder if maybe Iroh, and this is pure speculation and there's sure. probably fan fiction on it and I'd love to meet, you know, maybe we should all just go write some because it sounds great. Yeah. But um, Iroh maybe spent some time in the spirit world and really mm. tried to meditate on the whole scenario and situation with Zuko and Azula and his brother and figure out what, you know, if, yeah. if he was going about things the right way, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, um, real quick, the tea scene is later, right? Yeah. Or is that now? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, more yeah, on that, that later. Elsewhere, Azula May and Tai Lee have reached the spot of Appa's bath and found the wet fur deposited into the stream. Tai Lee debates with herself as to whether the wads are bundles or bunches of fur, stating that they have an uh sound. Uh, May helps her along, deeming them clumps. Ty Lee excitedly hugs May before she can block the action. She pursues Ty Lee off and tells Azula the trail heads off in a direction to the right. However, Azula notices the broken trees from Appa's shaky takeoff and is suspicious of Aang's plan to divert them. She tells May and Ty Lee to head in the direction of the broken trees, deciding to follow the fur trail herself. All right, so uh, a word on bunches, bundles, and clumps. Uh, mm-hmm. This is clearly the writer struggling. In the, I, I, I felt the, the, the writer's process, that, that, that someone was like, is it bundles, is it bunches? <laughs> oh, this is the banter. This is the, I, I felt there was a, a moment there where uh, the, the, the humor kind of was very meta. Maybe that's me. Um, maybe, I think it's also just, you know, you need to take these opportunities to really establish the uniqueness of these characters. And, and yes. this show is always about that. They always, the dialogue is always very specific to the character. Their actions are always very consistent and specific to, yeah. you know, what, what we've seen of them and kind of the people they are. Definitely. Also, Kylie's, you know, a free spirit. She's just like, mm-hmm. this is her, this is her whole idea. And, you know, it's kind of when you see May and Ty Lee away from Azula, ugh, they're free, they're loose, they're able to 
banter and have fun. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, well, yeah, 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 for sure. Oh, I see what you mean. Like after Azula's uh, left. Well, had she left, she doesn't leave until, yeah, they have the, the clump stuff. Um, and then Azula notices the broken tree. Yeah. So they Azula's still have Banter with her there, yeah, but she's but, busy. Yeah. Um, but you hit the head of the nail there that Azula immediately sees Durang's deception. This, uh, this trail is clearly uh, led by Aang. Mm-hmm. Do we think Zuko would have been able to figure that out? Not to like knock him or anything, but yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. It seemed a little like, dude, that's uh, that's gonna stand out. But then you look at it again, and at first you think, man, Azula's pretty clever for noticing that. And then you're like, well, is she? I don't yeah, know. I would sense. like to think he would. Uh, he was good enough at tracking him without any signals. Maybe maybe not right. at the same speed as Azula, but uh, yeah. So so I'm I'm gonna say yes. Uh, that, well, but, another thing. Um, he, but but, I, but actually, I take it back a little because when he was tracking him in the first season, he had like all this military intelligence that he doesn't have on his own. So that's what I was wondering. Um, you know, they 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 talk about Appa's shedding, and you know, you were mentioning too, like it's it's a springtime thing, um, and maybe that doesn't happen all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I'd always thought in the back of my head when I you know watching the series that in, in book one you know, Zuko was essentially tracking the same way that they did here, and it was just opposheting, and we just don't realize that until, you know, we kind of see it this season, and also just him being in the sky is a very obvious target. Mm -hmm. Um, But given that this is just a springtime thing, and we know that the whole series takes place over a year. um, Nine months. Well, no, no, the whole series takes place over a year. The nine month is from the point in in book one the 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 winter solstice right so from the pilot to the winter solstice there's still that um so yeah i guess he was using military intelligence yeah well it doesn't hurt to be the uh, fire lord's son even if you are banished an exhausted ang lands in a small abandoned earth kingdom town he slumps to the end of the town's main street, dumps the remaining fur, and sits, waiting for Azula. Back on Appa, Momo lets out a screech, signaling the return of May and Tai Lee, enabling them to duck out of the way of May's darts in time. Katara desperately tries to get Appa to move faster, but to no avail. He crashes on the other side of the river, leading Sokka and Katara to believe they are safe. Their hopes are shattered, however, when the mongoose lizards reveal their ability to run on water. Badass. Ty Lee heads on for Katara. She begins darting her hands to pressure points, but Katara's past experience helps her dodge the attacks easily. After a small battle, Katara ends up pinned to a tree by the hem of her wristband through May's expert knife-throwing skills, and Sokka becomes almost completely paralyzed by Ty Lee's strikes. Appa, however, proves to be a saving grace. He smacks the tail of the ground, blasting a gust of wind at May and Ty Lee which throws them into the river. After Sokka and Katara leave, Tai Lee comments that she thought Sokka was cute, eliciting a look of disgust from May. Okay. Oh boy. Soap <laughs> opera. <laughs> High oh, school yeah. drama. Okay. But first, the, uh, 
Aang lands in a small ghost. Uh, I call it a ghost town because it, it really is. It is a ghost town. It, it's Deadwood. It, it's it's whatever Wild West series you saw last. Uh, oh yeah, it's Deadwood before everybody got there. That's right. Yeah. Um, um, but or maybe really, after. No, uh, doubling down on this uh, Western theme that we Absolutely. saw in the last episode, which uh, you know we had this convo a little before recording the. Uh, I don't know whether the entire Earth Kingdom is uh, desert-ish, but this is certainly the American Southwest of the desert, yeah. uh, or of the Earth Kingdom. Like, I, I feel like the gang is traveling through that wild, wild west part, and it's going to be uh, something we see a little, uh, and that was, it's just so cool. Huh. Yeah, it was definitely, it definitely has those, like, wild west vibes, like you're saying. Um, you wonder, you know, if, if maybe... You know, the Fire Nation is kind of a isolated, uh, you know, island type. Um, the water tribe has, you know, the, the two poles. It's obviously surrounded by water and ice. Um, air nomads have their floating islands. Um, and the Earth Kingdom is all, is all rock and earth, but you really have this wide expanse. And there's so much, you know, just open land and kind of dead land to you know, lend itself to this kind of lawless Wild West style of uh, of being. And yeah. and you had it in the last episode in this town where, mm-hmm. you know, these soldiers were taking advantage of a small community. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of had the man with no name waltzing in as the hero. Yeah. And here you have a ghost town. And it's just, yeah, it's that recurring theme. It's really, really cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, um, well, I was, I was going to say here, another thing that I've noticed, you know, it's really interesting when Katara mentions that everybody does their part in team avatar, mm. you know, everybody contributes. Um, and yes, she was talking about, you know, kind of setting up camp and all that stuff. But when you watch this episode so far, we've seen literally every single member contribute mm-hmm. in a unique way. We have Appa obviously flying everyone around. We have, um, Katara, uh, trying to be, you know, doing what she can here and then fighting off, uh, knowing what she knows about Ty Lee and informing the others. We have Sokka coming to Katara's rescue mm-hmm. and fending off Mei's knives. Um, you have Momo yep. Uh, yep. giving them the heads up that Mei's knives were coming when they were flying. Yeah. Uh, you have Aang leading them in the other direction. Like every member, and Toph is obviously the one who gave them the heads up that they were being followed in the Probably. first place, and they're going Probably. to bed. So everybody really does contribute uniquely <sighs> to uh, to this team avatar. It's beautiful, um, dude. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. And then, like the strategy is, let's land on the water. They can't get us on the water, but dude, they, it's almost like they picked up speed when they hit the water. It's so ferocious. These uh, mongoose. That's lizards. intense. These horse size, appa speed, on land and water mongoose lizards. What a what a animal to get to ride into battle yeah yeah and speaking of uh this this fight across the water another thing appa does is again he comes in and saves the day with some airbending mm-hmm. yeah um yeah and you have uh of course ty lee look you could say all you want in the fandom about everybody loving zuko i get mm-hmm. it he's a heartthrob but on this series if you want to talk about Guys that girls are girls that we hear for, or women that we hear from are obviously into and gushing about. Sokka's the man. 
Mm-hmm. And it's probably not even just women. I'm sure men love him too. I mean, Sokka is Sokka is a catch, man. You know, you have oh yeah, you have Yue, you have Suki. Now you got Ty Lee. I mean, everyone they're running into. Ugh. You could you could call him Goofy. You could call him, uh, you know. <laughs> The meat and sarcasm guy, yeah. all you want, but um, you know the boomerang guy. He's Jake's dig him. Yeah, dude. To use a a, a a new term, the man has big dick energy. I, oh my god! It's a perfect saga description. Oh uh, my god, dude! I definitely feel like okay. We can let the world. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's got that good. Oh my god! Just like life of the party, fun time, and also like confident when he needs to be, but humble when he needs to be too. Uh, Super capable, funny, yeah. relatable. Hell yeah. Uh, that's, that's, how, just, that's how he gets the ladies, yeah. I think, I think I also relate to Sokka because he spends a lot of his time complaining. And while I'd like to think I'm not that way, I think I am a little <laughs> bit. And you kind of feel like, well, but Sokka's deep down a really good guy and everyone loves him and he's whining all the time. All yeah. right, way to go, Sokka. <laughs> way to go, indeed. Um, also, way to go, May and Ty Lee. Because, listen, this was an ambush, even though they thought they could get away with the water. Um, we see May and Ty Lee's unique expertise. We're reminded, great job of May's uh, knife-throwing skills. And Ty Lee's, uh, obviously, uh, flexibility, but the uh, familiarity with pressure points is, is put on full display. Katara knew to block it, thank God. Yeah. Another thing about what she was throwing, um, I don't know if it was just me or if I, if I saw something weird or, or maybe she has multiple, you know, weapons to throw. It felt like at one point, it cha- like she was throwing, you know, I always thought she threw knives and then it looked like at one point they were getting away and they blocked what looked like arrows. I don't know if it was here or if it's another point in the, yes. in the show, but it um, looks like they block arrows coming from uh, May. So yes. And Okay, I think it is a little later because it was tough that blocked the arrows and arrows are for an item. We're going to come back. We're we're circling back to this, I assure you. Okay. Uh, Because I have some thoughts on it as well. Uh, But, I mean, it might have been before then because I don't think they see... I think that's it for May and Ty Lee in this episode. Mm. Um, Because, yeah, like the last we see of them is in the... Okay. So I'm going to... Anyway, now that I, I do recall at one point seeing an arrow based attack that Toph was able to thwart. And yeah, the only explanation is that she had to be so attuned to the, the launch of the arrow that the bending of the string left enough of a vibration. Because uh, otherwise, if you look at it close, it's really airborne most of the trajectory, obviously. Right. I think it was maybe when they were first escaping. Like when, I think when Toph was doing the, the boulders in the wall, mm, when those three right. got out and we first saw them on the mongoose lizards, maybe that's when it happened. Yeah. Let's, I don't know. Well, we'll but anyway. Get, take it from there. Um, all right. We return to the abandoned town. Azula reaches the end of the trail and finds Aang waiting for her. She dismounts her lizard and then exhausted Aang, trying to find a diplomatic resolution, asks who Azula is and what she wants. Expressing surprise that he has not guessed her identity, she gives him a hint by covering the left side of her face with her hands, deepening her voice to mimic Zuko and saying, I must find the Avatar to restore my honor. (laughs) Uh, When Aang does not respond to her attempt at humor, she softly berates him before telling him that he cannot elude her any longer, no matter how much he tries. Rising to his feet, Aang replies, I'm not running. 
okay. What a scene, what a setup to an even bigger ending uh, in this abandoned town. Azula finds Aang and just, he's waiting for him. He needs his rest, but like, instead of lying down, he's kind of in like a, a pose, like like a Buddha pose. Meditative uh, state. Yeah, yeah calm. He, he's getting his rest, but he's also sitting. He's ready for the attack. Uh, I really would have liked to have seen like, or heard a sound effect when uh, at some point in this episode in this town, like the or seeing like a tumbleweed or something. Yeah, oh, it, it was so like picturesque. It, this yeah. is the sound that, that was missing. Maybe even when uh, Zuko arrives, but uh, no spoilers. Okay. Um, okay. Everyone's, <laughs> everyone's bringing the funny. Yeah. Even yeah. Azula. Even Azula's cracking jokes. I mean... Yeah. I, I love that she's like, that was funny. Why aren't you laughing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> how dare you? Yeah. Um, but I think it's, it's great. I, I love that the show's kind of acknowledging, I mean, I think that they always have um, Zuko's over-reliance on the restoration of his honor here for his entire identity. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a very menacing look that she gives when Aang agrees, or when Aang says, I'm not running. You know, it's almost like, Oh, I was even, I was hoping you'd say that. Um, right. You know, that, like her mouth, like just the corner kind of curves up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a great setup. It's such a great cinematic setup. Yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, the, the trail has ended. The, the, the time has come. Um, but before that time, we return to Toph and Iroh who are sharing a cup of tea on a cliff overlooking a farming village. Iroh finds similarities between Toph and his nephew. And Toph asks where his nephew is and if he's lost. Iroh responds that he is a little lost, telling her that his nephew's life has recently changed and that he is trying to discover who he is. Iroh also advises her not to resist help from those who care about her. Taking Iroh's words into consideration, she bids him farewell and goes in search of her friends. Mm. Okay, this, this scene here, I, 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 <sighs> I, I definitely referenced it earlier, is, uh, I mean, dude, I, 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 it's like if I could inhabit one scene of this uh, show, uh, this might be it. Just, just yeah. this uh, meeting of the minds, this uh, wisdom exchange, this humor exchange, I, I mean, I don't think the uh, comments reference it here, but uh, they, they, they meet and they, they open with uh, Iroh saying to Toph, you're a little young to be uh, on your own. And uh, Toph says to Iroh, you're a little old to be on your own. And then crafts off. Like, like, like we, we get to see everyone's sense of humor in this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's truly amazing. And uh, uh, the, the, the connection that Iroh and Toph have immediately with that humor really uh, allows Toph to open up because as we know, she is sheltered. She is kind of reserved with her feelings and doesn't want to uh, change her ways. So, so it's just a brilliant meeting of the minds here. It really is. You, I, you love these two characters. They're so iconic. Um, you know, I almost want just, just watching this, I would love like a short series um, that's almost before sunrise esque, but obviously platonic mm-hmm. between these two mm. of just like them randomly meeting over the years and having yeah. tea. The dragon um, and the bandit. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a, uh, a, a spinoff I would, or a podcast. I do something. <laughs> just get the voices out there. It would just be so good. It's, yeah. it's so, you know, you love his wisdom. You love how he's, you know, letting her know this. Yeah, you don't have to always think that somebody trying to help you means they think you're helpless or weak. Yes. It just means they care about you and want, you know, you to do well and want to help you. They want, you know, it's funny when people think that, you know, sometimes, yes, there are instances where people are patronizing, but, you know, when people think, oh, you're trying to help me, like, why, why do you think I can't help myself? And, you know, you worry about those people, you know, that, that and, and, and you feel, so, you know, you feel bad that they have that kind of walls, you know, that they have those walls up. Yeah. Um, and it's why won't you let me love you, Toph? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, uh, but she's never had she, to make a friend in her life. And then no, thing, she's been overloved by her, overprotected by her parents. She needs to create. And, and you think about the people in her life before, you know, granted, Iroh's one in a million anyway, mm -hmm. but she certainly had nobody comparable. You know, her earthbending master. What you know? Yeah, he's a he's wise, and I'm sure he has a lot of wisdom. But he was more of a kind of like an earth bending restrainer. He was like right, and, and, and he off. you know he was more of like a sleazy car salesman. You know, just like trying to trick people into getting more classes and yeah, and sorry. not really taking it as seriously, just worrying about making money. And her dad was very overprotective. Her mom was just kind of distant, cold, and like not observant. Yeah. Um. And then everybody else just was a servant. So she's had no one. And now she's got a bunch of peers, but she's never had that wise, you know, genuine person in her life who could just tell her like it is. Yeah. And she doesn't have to worry about whether or not they're being subjective. And it's, it's really cool. Absolutely. You love it. Yeah. Uh, finally, an influence that isn't this uh, the machismo of the wrestling world or the oversheltering of the... Uh, parental castle lifestyle uh oh yeah the the, the phrase um tea with a fascinating stranger would make for a great web series mm. by the way yeah if anybody shot web series drinking tea or shorts with interviews drinking tea or anything of that nature yeah just yeah, saying yeah. yeah well uh all right. Well, I'm happy to do that as well. And I appreciate the uh, idea. Maybe I'll run with it. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Azula and Aang are facing each other, neither of them moving. She asks Aang if he really wants to fight her. In response, Zuko bursts through an old building, lands between the two, and says, yes, I really do. Further complicating the standoff, Zuko holds his position between Aang and Azula keeping his battle stance poised at both of them. Azula fires the first shot, hitting Zuko hard and knocking him back. After an intense battle, she corners Aang in a collapsed and burning building before Azula can deliver a deadly injury to Aang. Katara interrupts her. One by one, she is joined by Sokka, Iroh, and Toph. Together, the six of them create a perfect perimeter in front of Azula and corner her. She surrenders, and Ira relaxes his guard, turning to see his new friend, Toph, standing with the Avatar. Azula, taking advantage of this, fires at Iroh, who screams in pain as he crumbles to the ground. Zuko lets out a horrified cry, and all four benders unleash their power on Azula, 
while Sokka throws his boomerang at her. The combined, <laughs> I know, right? And, Three on three plus one. You're so oh, God. Yeah. The combined attack causes a large explosion, and by the time the smoke clears, Azula has disappeared. Okay. I'm but sorry. I can just imagine Zuka, or Sokka. You know that explosion was because yeah. of my boomerang, guys. Yeah. No, I'm pretty okay. sure I hit the uh, dynamite, uh, obviously. Uh, okay. So uh, they're about to face off one-on-one, Azula and Aang, and Zuko shows up. Uh, how did Zuko know where to go? He uh, probably saw the trail as well. I mean, don't forget, he was tracking Azula. Yeah. And I'm sure he's going to continue tracking Azula. Mm-hmm. I don't think he cares as much, even though he should, at least with May. Um, yeah. But he doesn't really care as much about the other two. And he's tracking the Avatar. Absolutely. So, of course, he'd want both. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I, I the 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 writing is kind of like superhero entrancey with like Zuko bursting through a building. Mm-hmm. He kind of like bursts into the scene. He doesn't actually break right. like a building wall and just kind of come through like no, a, no, you no. know Superman or something. No. Um, but yeah, it's it's really cool. And and again, the Western theme. You know, not only do you have an abandoned kind of ghost town, yeah, um, and this really cool face off. Mm-hmm. Uh, complete with everything but a tumbleweed, you know, rolling through the screen. Um, but now you have a Mexican standoff. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just Azula, awesome. Aang, and Zuko, one-on-one-on-one. Um, now the battle rages. I mean, I mean, there's so yeah. much amazing detail in every uh, stage of this battle. The, uh, at one point, you see Aang cornered. And, and by that, it's because he was forced into a building. And Azula is, like, within an instant able to like just target her fire bending and create a perimeter of fire around the building. That is when Aang gets trapped. And it's really, you can't forget how powerful a bender she is. And she's ready to attack the final blow to Aang when first Katara interrupts. Um, um, yeah, this, this fight with her and Aang and Zuko is pretty, is pretty epic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that Aang initially says to Azula, I'm not running. And then as soon as she fires the first shot on Zuko, yeah. Aang turns and runs. Yeah. But, um, then you realize that he was setting up this whole, you know, he had kind of, I think, I don't know if he just did it instinctively or in the, you know, simultaneously or in the moment spontaneously, or if he knew ahead of time, but that kind of trap he sets that Azula narrowly avoids falling. And then you see Zuko just come flying through and falling to the ground yeah. with Aang on his little air scooter. That uh, was pretty sweet. The, just, just this whole fight is so amazing. Like, like it starts, um, just the face-off of Aang and Azula is epic for the first time. And it's like, holy shit, Zuko. And it's just like, dude, it just builds and builds. Then you add Katara, Sokka, Iroh, Ta. It's just like a fan. It's, it's like the ending of the Avengers. <laughs> it's it's exactly like, yeah. you're right. This is like just, a oh my God, even more, even superhero more. team up. They, they've really figured out a way to get everyone in one place. And, and it's so uh, amazing. Yeah. Um, and then they all have her, you know, it's, it's uh, there's a few group Westerns that we could talk about as well. Um, beyond just the hateful eight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that's the easy one. But one on one. One-on-one-on-one, then it's two-on-one, three-on-one, six-on-one. You know, you love it. Um, It's kind of crazy how Iroh, knowing Azula and knowing her tendency to lie, Mm. 
relaxes even for a moment just to recognize uh, Toph when she yeah. says claims to have surrendered and allows himself to get hit. I was always kind of yeah, like why no. how, why did he let his bar down? I mean, it's 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 six on Azula. It's Azula versus the world, and mm-hmm. uh, and like fine, they get her in a position where it makes sense for her to surrender, but they don't sh- restrain her. I mean, like. It, it, we it, see this happen a lot in the future. It would have yeah. been so easy for Toph to like wrap her feet in stone and literally at least like well, hold her to the ground to get a good night's rest. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, right. Uh, or or just keep her in a cage, go to bed, and then wake up and leave. You know what I mean? Like get, get yeah. some rest. Uh, well, yeah. they need. Uh, I think that's another reason why. It was so smart of Azula. She knew the one person that they could that she could fire on, and everybody would react. Yeah. You know, if she fired on most other people, they would have just been like, "All right, well, they're a fighter; they could take care of it, or you know, we'll help them." And everybody else attack. Mm. And everybody looked to Iroh, even Toph, and the one person that probably could have kept her in place was Toph. And mm. Toph was distracted at first second, and that's all she needed to create. I don't know if it was like a a, a bubble of fire or what mm-hmm. but then when they all turned and shot on her she had that and then it all kind of blew up in smoke and she vanished yeah. um but azula is just you know that good too there's maybe you know right. you could say if it was anybody else they probably would have i mean captured for, them. For, for all her evilness she is a very 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 talented childhood prodigy who has only been you know uh trained intensely by the greatest living firebenders uh it's, 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 I mean, yeah. For, 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 she may be as good as Fire Lord Ozai. Maybe not at this moment, but with a little right. more practice, she could definitely be even better. Plus, uh, you're also fighting lightning, not yeah. just blue flyer. It's, it's pretty intense. Crazy, crazy. Um, I mean, dude, this, this fight scene, I, I know we have to move on from it, but it did so much well to, to get everyone there to uh, echo this Wild West theme. Uh, to create the to get everyone on the same side for a moment, you know what I mean. Wherever uh, Sokka, Iroh, Toph, Zuko, Aang have been on the war on the Fire Nation, at this moment they all find themselves against Azula, and it's yeah. almost like a, a nice way of uniting the or finding a common enemy, not more than uniting. Yeah. And it's funny too because it's it's personal or in defense for everybody, but as, like Azula is the only one who's actually carrying out an order, you right. know, an official order. So theoretically, in this Wild West metaphor, she might be the U.S. Marshal <laughs> or like the person I, out to capture these outlaws, and everybody else is ganging up on her. Yeah. Um, obviously, Team Avatar is doing it out of you know they certainly didn't seek her out. Mm-hmm. she sought them out and now they're just kind of defending themselves and trying to you know get her to stop um zuko was he's technically after the avatar but he's going after azula because he's mm-hmm. going after azula and he wants to fight her you know iroh's there to protect his nephew like everyone's there for a very personal reason mm-hmm. and it's it's it is very western you know it's not with the exception of the one person who's there doing their duty everybody else is there yeah but even the duty has a a western feel yeah uh 
And man, did she ever unleash a strong attack. I mean, really, you, you can't uh, trust she's going to surrender if, if there was ever a lesson. Uh, an anguished Zuko rushes to Iroh's side. He senses the others behind him and orders them to leave. Katara comes forward and offers to help, but before she can explain, Zuko lashes out at them with a burst of fire, again angrily demanding that they leave. The team finally obeys. Later that night, Appa lands in the mountains, and the team happily falls fast asleep. Okay. So this is a small moment, but I think this is actually a huge, huge. leap in Zuko's character growth and restraint here. Mm -hmm. You know, this this fire kind of cloud that he unleashes. Yeah. Um, Whatever he says. Yeah. yeah it, looks, it, it looked a lot like the the fire cloud or, or ring that, that Aang burned Katara with when he didn't really mm. know what he was doing. Yeah. And it looked like it reached them, certainly, watching it, but it also looked like it was a little bit angled to go like over their heads or dissipate on yeah. nearby. Oh. And, and I don't know if it was a controlled, like, I'm not going to hurt you with this, yeah. but I am going to force you to back up and stay away. Completely um, yeah. And that's pretty impressive, especially since he's now dealing with this, you know, like this is Uncle, you know, he's been on his own. I'm sure he's been thinking about and missing and loving Uncle Iroh, especially given the, the flashbacks we saw him, him have recently. Mm -hmm. um, so for that personal anguish, and it, and it was the, the cause of this, this injury to Iroh is Azula. So there's so many layers here and the avatars and his friends are the ones who are nearby asking to help him. There's so much conflict and craziness. And for him to, you know, you understand him reacting and exploding and wanting to be alone, but for him to control that burst and not actually hurt anybody, it's, it doesn't really look like they did anything to protect themselves from it. No. He, he's is, clearly, is, is, is wild. He's advancing as a uh, firebender, even on yeah. his own. Um, <clears throat> and the gang, of course, obeys, takes off. Lands in the mountain and falls asleep. Brings it, you know, man, this whole thing is just like, oh, buddy, can I get some rest? Uh, mm -hmm. It's, uh, finally, there's a sense of calm. E e even after this six-on-one melee uh, that was uh, unleashed. It was really a beautiful ending, as always. I know. It was, it was wonderful. Um, it was just so nice getting seeing them get to sleep. They were probably so happy. Mm -hmm. So I guess we are to believe that they hadn't slept at all. There, there was no, you know, there might have been a break, maybe a little rest, but it's obviously still been the same day mm. um, since they right. woke up in the morning with them. Um, they must be beat. Not only have they not slept in this long, but now they've been up for almost a whole day being followed, and they haven't really. I mean, I guess they ate during bath time or whatever. I don't know, mm. but. Um, Man, it, it's this is a tough one for them. Like everybody's really, you know, it's it's very different from how we've seen them in the past. At least, well, maybe not for Team Avatar. They've been on the road, but a lot of times, you know, depending on where they land, they get very pampered. Toph obviously was very pampered in the way that she lived. Um, Azula and Zuko before her had been traveling with, you know, a mil a, a, a national military and royal escort. Mm -hmm. um, in a sense, you know, well, Zuko had his ship. Um, Azula had a lot more than that. She had a ship and she had, you know, her uh, Lo and Lee and, and everyone else and, and everything, in a royal procession. Um, and here we see they're all kind of slumming in the Wild West, you know? Um, 
it's uh it's definitely different you know book one it was a little bit more upbeat and you know there were threats to them but it was a lot more fun and uh you know it was just the avatar going around helping people and here in book two there's a little bit you know there's fun and laughter and all that but Mm -hmm. it's a lot more serious and things are a lot more you know it's it's much more strained on on team avatar and they're definitely at their seemingly toughest moments here unbelievable even uh yeah and uh that wraps up another episode what a great episode what a great run of episodes we're having here Absolutely. Uh, final thoughts anything i mean dude i uh my two major things to bring up is this again this massive wild west fight at the end and the uh interplay between uh Toph and Katar. Uh but I guess I'll, I'll say a few words first on the just Toph and Katara. Um that that Katara is driven to this do I not look like I'm caught like, like she has this uh she's unable to control herself. Yeah. And it's really uh you know even when there's something after them that they don't even know what it is. Uh they can't help but squabble. It's clearly some uh, growing pains here. And uh, maybe I'm glad they had this fight when they did and that Iroh was there to calm them down because uh, they're going to need it if they're going to take on Azula. Um, something that uh, I'm reminded of is that this Azula attack, she was being attacked with every form of bending. Okay? Ang, Earth, Katara, Water, Ta. I'm sorry, Ang, Air, Katara, water, Toph, Earth, Zuko, fire. That is not yeah. something um, I don't know if we see again until Sozin. It's, it's really uh, a rare uh, coordinated attack. And it's truly, uh, it, it speaks to Azula. Uh, even with this six on one, every bending being thrown at her, fine. She understands she needs to surrender, but then gets away. Uh, yeah, you know, she, luckily, you know, it, it's not like she was fighting all of them at the same time. Right. You know, once the numbers started to pile up, she kind of just, you know, put her hands up and surrendered. But the fact that she's able to come up with any way to get out of that is incredible. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that, yeah, I think most people would see all that happening and just freak out. And she just stayed there, composed, even had a plan. Mm -hmm. um, if anything, I thought she kind of was intrigued by it because it, she doesn't seem like she's very challenged by much, yeah. given how kind of advanced she is. And, you know, she, she's very much better than most people around her. So she yeah. might be excited about this mm -hmm. um, in a weird way. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's also just great, again, seeing that, that whole team up, that whole Avengers-style moment. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. It, it might be the only time. Her and Ozai. Yeah. I, uh, you know, just another thing about this Avengers, like, all up moment. Uh, I'm looking at the image here. It was uh, the order of the Avatar cycles from left to right. It was Aang, Air, Katara, Water, Toph, Earth, Zuko, Fire in that order. Uh, just a be beautiful. Really? Yep. Yep. Wow. And it's. And where was, where was Iroh in there? I mean, so I, there is a later shot where. Iro uh, joins, but there is one moment where it's the four of them on uh, Azula, and it's actually not just 
it's, it's actually each of his instructors too. I, I mean, it's really uh, qu quite the uh, coordinated wow. attack there. Yeah, unbelievable. That's awesome. That's a really cool, send me that shot. Yeah. Um, Copy and paste. Uh, that's really cool. Hell yeah. We uh, should post that to- uh, For sure. To the and, gram. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, date this and, episode. And, and then just another thing to not ever forget how awesome and cool this tea scene between Azula, uh, bleh, Toph and Iroh is just uh, the advice being exchanged, the dialogue. It's, it's as if Iroh has finally met his tea companion that he has been long searching for throughout the whole uh, saga. Yeah. It's such uh, a good moment. And it's, and it's great that this episode can take a break with all this chaos that's going on to have this little, you know, it's, again, it's a 22 minute episode. Yeah but they find time for a scene like this and it's so good. Absolutely. And also you wonder, would Toph have, you know, eventually decided, you know what, you're right, when it was too late, would she have gone back to the, to the gang when she did? Would they have just been searching for her? What would have right. happened? Would they have lost? Yeah. Um, you know? Well, I'm glad uh, she found her way. I'm glad Amen. she and the... Uh, and Katara were able to see past their differences. One more thing I forgot to mention. The first time uh, Katara asks uh, Toph to pitch in with the setting up camp, she's got a little piece of wheat or, or some straw in her mouth, like she was Jet or something. Like, like you can already sense mm -hmm. this rebellious, uh, uh, lone wolf Catch. kind of uh, character. Uh, just, just amazingness, an amazing show, an amazing episode. You know, uh, my final thoughts on this one. Um, yes, it, you know, a lot like yours, Toph and Iroh. Mm -hmm. I love their dynamic. I love this continuing theme of this kind of Wild West. It's part of the Earth Kingdom. Oh, yeah. Um, this, this lawlessness, you know, kind of fending for yourself. And I just want to say that, you know, got to give props to, to soccer. The ladies love soccer. Mm. Mm -hmm. Love them some soccer. And yep. good for you, buddy. Um, good for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's all. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. So much to coming up. So little time. And that wraps up another episode of the Boys in the Iceberg. Woo! So be sure to follow the Boys in the Iceberg on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find our podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and pretty much wherever podcasts can be found. Thank you for listening. Good night. Flamio, Hotman.